everyone, welcome back to the Chef's Table Podcast. I know it's been quite a while, over a year, uh, but I wanted to bring it back and we're going to start the second season of the Chef's Table Podcast. And we're going to start off uh, with probably one of my favorite holidays of the year and one of the podcasts I've been actually looking forward to doing for quite some time and uh, it's on Thanksgiving. So I'm really excited to talk about probably one of my favorite holidays of the year and just uh, kind of walk you through how I, how I handle the day. Uh, but before we get into the Thanksgiving podcast, let's take a moment and listen to one of our sponsors. Well, just cracked open a Founders All Day IPA, and uh, cheers to everyone. Uh, so yeah, it's a Thanksgiving podcast. I'm pretty excited about this. Believe it or not, uh, well, first of all, you know what? Today is what? <clears throat> November 23rd of 2020. What a crazy year it's been. Uh yeah, it's it's been a crazy year for everyone. Uh, so feels right to get this up and running again, though. Uh, you know, working from home, I have to teach from home, and so I've got a little bit more time on my hands. So I want to start getting a little more dedicated to doing this podcast again, and hopefully making this second season even better than the first. So, anyways, yeah. So this. Uh, this podcast is all about Thanksgiving, and like I said in the beginning, this is probably one of my favorite holidays of the year. Uh, I really enjoy this time of year. Um, I'm originally from upstate New York, you know, so this time of year, the leaves are changing, the uh, weather is crisp, and uh, you know, you can just, you can smell autumn, you can smell the leaves, you can smell the apples, and uh, for me, uh, this is definitely uh, my favorite time of the year. Um, for many reasons, uh, but when it comes to the cooking, this is my favorite year, favorite time of year to cook. Not just necessarily Thanksgiving, but I mean, you know, this is the time of year when we get into more of the braised items, you know, short rib, braised short ribs, and the chili from scratch, and those things that stick to your ribs, and you know, that comfort food that uh, warms you on a, a cool autumn day. So. Uh, I'm really excited uh, about this time of year. Even though I live in Las Vegas, uh, you know the weather's a little bit nicer than most other areas of the United States. Uh, I still tend to gravitate towards the, you know, the stick to your rib cooking this time of year, and I really, really enjoy it. So, anyways, uh, cheers. Let's talk about Thanksgiving. All right, so. Thanksgiving each year, uh, I tend to do most of the cooking. Uh, people think I'm a little crazy uh, because I know a lot of people don't really like to take on such a big task for Thanksgiving. Uh, it's It can be a lot. It can be overwhelming. Um, but I really enjoy it and I, I love taking uh, most of the responsibility of the day on myself uh, and it's a, for me, it's a weak process. Um, so I'm kind of just going to walk you through everything that I do uh, for the week. Uh, basically going from uh, pretty much a grocery store to the table. 
So yeah, today's Monday. <clears throat> I have bought my turkey already. And, um, you know, when it comes to turkeys, there's definitely some options. Um, you know, you may have heard of heritage turkeys, um, which, uh, you know, there's a lot of um, <clears throat> tradition in them. Um, I've yet to have one, but I'm sure the meat uh, is, is better flavored. Uh, and, you know, it's got history to it. Uh, it's a lot more expensive uh, but I, I'm sure the price is worth it. Uh, so that's an option. Um, you know, you, there's always a wild turkey uh, if you're a hunter. Um, I have yet to have that either. Uh, that's going to be a completely different story as well. But, uh, you know, for me, I just stick with the basic turkey you get at the grocery store. I mean, we have deals around here. You spend $25, you get a turkey for $0.46 cents a pound. So it's a, it's a reasonable price. So yeah, so I picked up the perky, uh, the turkey already. Uh, I got a nice 24-pounder. Uh, and uh, normally each year I will do two turkeys. Um, but this year with uh, everything that's happening, we are greatly limiting the amount of people that will show up and really just sticking to our immediate family. It's going to be basically about 10 people. So this year I just bought one turkey about 24 pounds are cooking it so that something that is typically a dry piece of meat should be a little bit more moist when you use this technique. So basically what brining is, is uh, it's just nothing more than really salty water. Uh, typically for every gallon of water that you use, you might want to use about a cup and a half to two cups of kosher salt. And I would say I probably use a couple gallons of water um, for a 24 pound turkey. So basically what I do is I actually use one of my uh, coolers like a, that I have, you know, that you would take on a trip with you in the car. You put food in there, cover it with an ice pack. So I just take one of those. I'll put my turkey in there. Obviously take it out of the package, take out any of the, you know, gizzards, the neck, any of that kind of stuff, wash it up real good. And then I'll put it in a cooler. And then uh, basically what I, there's a couple different ways you can do it, but you can just simply add the salt right into the water and you just basically want to cover up your turkey with this brine. And then you want to put a little something heavy on top so that it keeps the turkey completely submerged in the water. And uh, what's kind of cool about it is you can add other things in, some other flavorings. You can add fresh herbs, maybe some fresh thyme, rosemary, whole peppercorn, bay leaf. I've seen people do cinnamon stick. I've seen people put lemon or oranges. I mean, it's pretty kind of wide open. But the main thing is is, is super salty water. And uh, through, like I said, the process of diffusion, the salt moves from the place of its highest concentration to the place where it's less concentrated. So basically from the brine going into the cells of the turkey. Um, so I'll do this. Uh, so today's Monday and tomorrow I will get my turkeys uh, taking a bath in the brine 
tomorrow, and I'll let them uh, brine overnight uh, from Tuesday to Wednesday. And then on Wednesday, um, somewhere during the middle of the day, I'll take out the turkey, wash it off really, really good, get all that brine off of there, uh, put it into a pan, and then I'll just simply put it in my refrigerator uncovered because I want it to uh, dry up the best that it can. <clears throat> okay, and then uh, that's pretty much it in, in, in terms of the prep for the, for the turkeys. Uh, now, if you're doing deep frying, you would not want to soak it in a brine. We want to make sure your turkey is completely thawed, obviously for deep frying, and you don't want to have any extra moisture in there. So I typically would not brine it if I'm going to be uh, deep frying my turkey. What I'll do is I'll put a dry rub on it, and a dry rub is pretty much a mixture of a bunch of different spices. Uh, you put dry rub on ribs, you know, a lot of things that before you smoke them, you put a dry rub on a pork roast, um, and it's just a bunch of different spices mixed together you can go on the internet and find a lot of different kind of dry rubs but what I use in mine is typically uh, paprika chili powder uh, cumin black pepper kosher salt garlic powder onion powder and then I also will add some sweetness usually it's a brown sugar and I use that same rub when I do uh, my smoked ribs um, as well and so you can put a dry rub on it the day before and then obviously make sure your turkey is completely thawed before you think about doing any kind of uh, deep frying. Uh, on the day of, um, I basically, uh, when it comes to the turkey, um, actually, you know what, let me, let me back up a little bit. Let's talk a little bit more about what uh, we're going to do, you know, a couple days before. Now, I also make my own stock. Um, so what I do is throughout actually throughout the year as I um, get maybe a whole chicken and, or um, you know whatever that might have bones on it a whole chicken um, other various things I basically keep those bones uh, a lot of times like when I get chicken wings right the very the very tip of the chicken wing um, I'll cut that off and I keep that that's excellent for stock um, if you have a whole chicken and you you know want to debone it or even if you roast it whole you can keep those bones even though they're cooked I wrap them up real good in um, uh, wrap the plastic wrap and then I freeze them I just label them for stock or bones or whatever and I keep them in my freezer and I kind of make a little collection throughout the year and then so I'll make sure I take those out um, the night before I'm gonna use them and let them thaw in the fridge as well that's pretty much everything I would do uh, a couple days before. Um, you know, if you want to make things a little easier on yourself, if you plan on making uh, any pies from scratch, you can definitely do those the day before and just store it in the fridge. I mean, you could even make pumpkin pies a couple days before and you can throw it in the freezer and then just pull it out the night before and let it thaw in the fridge. Um, the rolls... Although they, although they are definitely better on the day of, you could do them ahead of time and you can pop them in the freezer. You could make your dough and you could let that uh, ferment overnight. And then the next morning when you get up, you just take the dough out, let it come to room temperature. And then, you know, you just basically need to roll out your rolls, cut them into little pieces, uh, let them uh, bench, right, or proof one more time. And then you can just bake them off in the oven. So 
Um, those are the kind of things you can get done the, the day before if you're doing them from scratch. And I know a lot of people don't do rolls from scratch and or pies, but those are a couple things you can do. Uh, so um, let's talk about the day of Thanksgiving. So like I said, at this point, my turkey has already been brined, washed off. I've let it sit overnight to kind of dry up a little bit. Um, so for me, I'm up pretty early. Um, I'm pretty excited. And I try to do some kind of exercise, a little workout in the morning. Uh, just helps me mentally and I feel a little bit better, you know, as, uh, as I start working through the day. Um, for me, I am fortunate I have a second oven in my garage. Um, I tiled a wall and I got a nice uh, little um, table so I can do most of everything outside and it's a lot easier for cleanup as well. So what I do is I'll get a little TV set up or I'll get my iPad set up because football starts at about, I think, nine-ish here on Thanksgiving, nine in the morning. So for me, cooking Thanksgiving, watching football, maybe having a few beers along the way, that's what it is. That's what Thanksgiving is all about. So um, I'll get that TV set up in the garage, make sure my beers are cold, and then the very first thing I'll work on in the morning is uh, the stock. Now, typically I roast the bones just to add some unique flavor, nice color uh, for my stock. Obviously, I have a podcast uh, called uh, Fons, Fons de Cuisine, and that's my second podcast in the first season. You can check that out to learn a little bit more about making stock. But basically, I roast the bones before I put the water and any mirepoix and things like that over it. If you want to save some time, you could roast your bones the night before, and then you can just take them out the next day and put them in the pot and cover them with water and kind of just let them do their thing. You know, they need a good three to four hours typically, the chicken bones. Um, so, you know, that's the first thing I do. And what's great about it is the garage starts smelling really, really nice uh, when those bones are roasting. And then also at the same time I'm roasting the bones, I also will have a few heads of garlic. I wrap them in foil, put a little oil on the outside, a little salt and pepper, wrap them in foil, and I roast off that a couple heads of garlic because I use those for the mashed potatoes later on. So that way we got a couple things done in the oven right off the bat. All right, um, and then if you're gonna be doing uh, so another way that you can do the turkey is uh, smoking, um, and it's up to you whether or not you want to do the brine. And by the way, you know, if you go on the internet and you read different chefs, some chefs believe in brining and some chefs don't, and I can respect both sides. Uh, I'm one who believes in it. I really do believe it adds extra moisture and kind of seasons the meat, but I also respect those people who don't believe in it and feel like it doesn't help at all. So. Uh, either way, but if you are going to be doing deep frying or maybe even smoking your turkey, you don't necessarily have to uh, do the brine. Um, if you are going to be smoking the turkey, if you're going to smoke it whole, that that definitely needs to get in the smoker pretty early on in the day. Uh, I would think about six hours before you plan on serving it to give it to make sure that it fully uh, is fully cooked and has time to rest. Um, so now with the roasting of the turkey, what I'll do is I make a, a little bit of like a flavored butter. So I'll take some butter, 
let it set out at room temperature. Maybe add in some fresh herbs, maybe squeeze a little lemon in there, uh, or uh, do a little bit of lemon zest, even better, a little bit of salt and pepper. And basically what you're gonna do is you're gonna loosen up the skin between on the breast of the turkey. So you basically just take your hands and kind of loosen up the skin and slip them right underneath between the skin and the meat. Take some of that butter mixture and you just wanna kind of rub that in there. And then I also melt a little butter. I brush the butter all around the turkey, season it up really well. Be careful about the salt, right? Because you've already got a lot of salt in there from the brine. And then typically what I'll do is you're gonna put it in a roasting pan and you wanna make sure you get it up off the bottom so that the air can go underneath so that that turkey fully cooks all the way. You can use a wire rack. Um, some people use mirepoix, so large pieces of carrots, onion, and celery. Whatever works, but just try to get it up off the bottom. Typically, I'm going to roast my turkey in a 325 degree oven. And uh, as it cooks, that butter that you put in there is going to start to melt off. And you can use some of that butter and kind of baste your turkey a little bit as it's going in the oven. Maybe every, you know, 25 minutes or so. Uh, anywhere from every to 20 to 30 minutes, depending, you know, how busy you are with everything else. And it will help with the browning, helps, you know, keep the moist, even uh, the meat even more moist. And um, basically a general rule of thumb is about 20 minutes for every pound. I figure anywhere from three to four hours or so. Uh, it all, you know, just depends on what size it is. But, you know, just make sure, give yourself a good time frame for it to cook, then it needs to come out and you need to let it rest for a little while. Like I let mine rest for a good half an hour. That way the juices disperse back out and it's cool enough that you can handle and cut it, but the meat is still hot. Um, now, obviously there's different variables that are gonna affect the time, such as your oven temperature. Um, it's also important that you leave your turkey out a little bit before you put it in the oven so it can somewhat come to room temperature so that it cooks more evenly all the way through. I typically take mine out an hour before I'm gonna bake it. Uh, so I'll leave it out at room temperature about an hour before I'm gonna put it in the oven. Okay, um, and then stuffing, right? So stuffing, some people um, enjoy the stuffing in the turkey. Uh, I have never been one to do that because that stuffing is the last thing that is going to be cooked. And remember, your stuffing, because it has the turkey juices on it, has to be cooked until at least 165 degrees. That's the safety zone to make sure that all the bacteria that could get you sick is fully cooked out, right? I usually take my turkey out at 160 because there's a process called carryover cooking where it sets outside and it will continue to cook even though it's not in the oven. So it will bring it to 165 by the carryover cooking. But with the stuffing, if your turkey is done, but your stuffing is not, what you're gonna have to do is actually get in there and scoop out all the stuffing from the inside, put it in a pan, and then finish it off in the oven to make sure it is fully cooked um, to 165 degrees obviously before you're going to serve it. Now, I don't do this myself, but I know that some there are some people who, you know, like to do the stuffing inside the turkey. All right, now if you're gonna be deep frying, I usually figure about an hour and a half to two hours before I'm gonna serve it. 
once again, you're going to, you, you sh probably aren't going to be cooking it more than an hour to an hour and a half at the most, depending on how big it is. And you definitely need at least 30 minutes for it to cool down before you think, before you even think about carving it. Yeah, so that's the turkey. Um, with the turkey, I typically carve my turkey uh, ahead of time. And what I do is I put it out on a platter. So I have all the breast meat sliced. I have the leg. I have the thigh, um, the wing. Everything's there, and I kind of present it nice. It just makes it easier for people to grab meat. I know that presenting the turkey on the table is a big thing, right? And it's a big part of the Thanksgiving to, to present it. But honestly, what I do is I take a picture of it and I send it to everybody and say, here's your turkey. Because I like, like I said, I like to cut it and then uh, it's all ready to go on a plate. People can just grab a few pieces and move on. Okay, um, so yeah, so that's the that's the turkey uh, portion of it, and just remember, you know, it's got to be cooked to the 165. You're gonna you're gonna do the temperature gauge. Uh, you're gonna check the temperature in both the breast and the leg, uh, tip, or typically the thigh. Okay, uh, making sure that it is 160 in both areas. Uh, be careful about those pop up. Um, thermometers that they put in the turkey because those things are not going to go off until way past 165 you're going to have a very well done turkey or dried out especially if you don't brine it so tip what i would suggest that you take that out and get just get yourself a you know eight dollar digital thermometer and it doesn't take a lot just to put it into the breast meat and then check the the, the thigh area and make sure they're both to 160 and you should be good to go all right, yeah, so that's that's pretty much the, the turkey portion. Um, now, on all of the sides, so I typically am going to do a garlic mashed potato. I do a chorizo stuffing, and then I will do uh, baked sweet potatoes. So this is where I start to recruit some help from the rest of my family. At this point, uh, we're probably halfway through, uh, you know, the first game, if not fully through the first football game. Um, these are some of the things that you could do ahead of time, though, if you wanted to save yourself some time, such as you can peel the potatoes ahead of time and cut them, just put them in water. And then the next day, all you got to do is take them out, put them in the pan. You're going to cook them and cover them with water and let them go. But usually I will do this on the day of. And, uh, you know, it's really not that hard. Just cover them with water, uh, let them cook until they're soft. You know, you could take a fork, goes through the potato, no problem. Drain them. Uh, and then what I usually do with the potatoes is I'll put them, uh, after I drain them, I'll put them back in the same pot I cooked them in, put them over a very low flame on top of the stove. And uh, what you're doing here is you're kind of cooking them to dry them up a little bit. And then what I do is I add in some heavy cream that has been warmed up along with some butter and then a little salt and pepper, some sour cream, and then the roasted garlic. Uh, usually about five pounds of potatoes. You probably need a cup or two of cream, about four ounces of butter, and figure maybe a half a cup to three quarter cup of sour cream. Of course, salt and, uh, and pepper. And, uh, you know, there's different ways you can mash them up. You can do them by hand. Um, but I am fortunate to have a, hand, a, a stand mixer, a, a Hobart stand mixer. So I actually do my potatoes in there, and I'll use the paddle on there. I have to do a couple uh, rounds of it, but um, 
you know, for me, it's worth it. Don't do them in the blender. You don't want to whip them up because then they become gummy because uh, there's so much you there's so much starch in there that you've you know you, you've you've blended up. So don't use the blender. Uh, either do them by hand or get yourself a ricer or, like I said, if you're fortunate and you have a stand mixer, you can use the paddle on there. And this can be done pretty close, you know, maybe a half hour before you're ready to serve. And then typically what I do is um, I have an oven. I have my oven set. I'm fortunate, like I said, I have two ovens. So I'll take one of the ovens and I just put it on the uh, keep warm method, right? Or about 150 degrees, maybe 160 degrees. And then as I finish things, I'll wrap them and I'll put them in that oven to stay warm. Yeah, so that's the mashed potatoes. Um, I use Idaho potatoes. You know, this, this time of year, you tend to find pretty good deals. I think I bought a 10-pound bag for 3 bucks at the grocery store. Um, you know, that would feed quite a few people. So, uh, you know, I mean, I think 5 pounds would be, is going to be plenty for my 10-person uh, gathering for Thanksgiving. Uh, also, I will uh, work on the stuffing. So the stuffing is one of my favorite things to do. Uh, most people, including myself, I buy the excuse me, I buy the stuffing boxes at the store um, because most of us don't have old bread lying around. But if you're fortunate enough to have that, you know, definitely just use the old bread, just cut it up into pieces. So. Um, for my party of 10, I'll probably do two boxes, which would be a lot, but I like to have a little bit of leftover. So for me, what I do, um, I take some carrots, maybe you know a few pounds of carrots, peeled, diced up, maybe a couple, an onion or two, probably for 10 people, I'll just do one onion, cut that up, some celery, maybe four stalks washed, cut into small pieces and then I have the chorizo and then one of the little, little things I do each year I actually take the chicken livers or I'm sorry the turkey livers and I'll actually uh, dice those up and I put that in the stuffing nobody ever knows uh, but it's a good way to utilize it and utilize the the liver and adds a little little uh, dimension in there as well so basically all the, uh, what I'll do is I take all of my vegetables and the turkey liver along with the trezo, and actually I will saute that in a separate uh, saute pan first. I'll take my bread, layer that in the baking dish, I'll put the sauteed vegetables on top, and then I'll add in a little bit of melted butter, maybe a couple ounces of butter. If you have any of those fresh herbs, the fresh rosemary, the fresh thyme, add that in. And then, remember, I've got my stock going, right? So I use my stock in a couple different things. So I'll take a good couple ladles, at least, of hot stock and put that over the bread. And then I kind of stir it up a little bit. Here's the thing with the stuffing. Most people do not add enough liquid to it. Whatever the directions say, you're going to need more than that. You really want it to look like mush. Okay, so that's really the best way I can describe it. It should look like, oh my God, I've ruined this kind of thing. Uh, but you want it to be that way because remember, you still have to cook it in the oven, right? Um, and then, of course, you got the, the butter in there, a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper. Mix it up really good. And then basically, I cover with foil and I'll bake that off in the oven. You know, figure a good half an hour or so. And then for the last maybe 10 minutes or so, if you want to take off the foil and kind of crisp it up a little bit on the top, 
but it is so important that you have enough liquid in there. Uh, otherwise, that stuffing is going to be dry. Okay, so that's it on the stuffing. Uh, not too big on that one, pretty easy. And then uh, last thing I do is the uh, sweet potatoes. So we'll get the sweet potatoes, we get them peeled up, and then uh, what I do is I leave them, you know, after they're peeled, you have them set up the long way, and I cut them into large rounds, right? So I don't dice them up, I just cut them once so they look like basically discs. I'll layer those in a pan, and then I'll take a little bit more stock, probably a good couple ladles. Uh, you want to have, you know, maybe maybe about coming up a quarter of the way off the bottom of the dish. Take a little bit more melted butter, pour that over the top, a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper, and then a little sweetness. So I actually do two things for sweetness. I'll drizzle a little bit of maple syrup, and I will sprinkle a little bit of brown sugar. I cover with foil, and then you're gonna bake that off in the oven. They take a little longer than you would think. I figure a good hour and a half at least before you're going to eat. And once again, same thing with, with the potatoes. Take a fork or a knife. If you can go through that sweet potato and there's no resistance, it goes through nice and smooth, you're good. All right, now here's where we make these sweet potatoes extra special. On the bottom, you're gonna have all that stock, you're gonna have the maple syrup, some of it that fell off, the brown sugar, the butter, all that stuff's on the bottom. There's a lot of good flavor in there. So let your pan cool for a little bit, and then you're gonna pick up your pan and you wanna pour off as much of that liquid on the bottom into a small little sauce pot. Then you're gonna heat that up, let it cook for a little bit, maybe add a little bit of, a little bit of cornstarch in, and you wanna thicken it a little bit, okay? Uh, you, you want it to be kind of the consistency of that maple syrup that you put in, maybe slightly thicker. And then what you're gonna do is you're gonna take that and drizzle it over your sweet potatoes so you'll they'll be nice and glazed, right? And then if you want, you can do that old marshmallow trick where you put your marshmallows on the top and then put it back in the oven and just kinda melt them down a little bit, get a little bit of uh, brown on there. You can also use the broiler in your oven, right? Once the marshmallows melt a little bit, you can pop them under the broiler and get them nice and uh, kind of golden brown. Um, that kind of uh, roasted marshmallow from a s'more kind of look to them. And that's by using the uh, broiler. Uh, so, yeah, so that's uh, that's the sweet potatoes. And um, the last thing you want to do is finish up the gravy. Um, so typically how I finish my gravy is I finish it with a roux. So uh, I do have a podcast in the first season uh, on sauces. I think it's podcast number three. And basically you want to make a roux. So a roux is basically fat and flour mixed together and you cook it. And about, you need about four to five ounces of roux for every quart of stock you are making. So, you know, if you listen to the podcast, you're going to figure um, that uh, for every, um, every four pounds of bones, you're going to do about typically three quarts of water, maybe about half a pound of mirepoix. That will give you quite a bit of uh, stock, but it's okay. If you have some left over, you can always utilize it to make uh, a turkey soup the next day, right? So, but basically, yeah, so every four to five ounces of roux for every quart of stock that you're going to make, and uh, you know, a couple couple even a quart of stock is, is uh, of gravy is, is gonna be plenty for everybody you really don't need a lot 
So, um, like I said, if you have some stock left over, just utilize it, make a soup the next day. That's always what I do. Uh, yeah, so that's that's pretty much it. What I what I do for uh, Thanksgiving, utilize. Um, you know, utilize that oven at 150 to keep your food warm. Even if you get some stuff done ahead of time, if you keep it wrapped in foil, maybe even plastic wrap first and then some foil, it, you know, especially your potatoes, mashed potatoes, they'll stay hot for a while, even if they're out at room temperature and you can always pop them back in the oven ahead of time, uh, that, that 150, 160 degree oven and kind of let stuff warm up. And just give yourself time. Um, it's okay to be done a little bit ahead of time, you know, people come in and they can have a drink and can kind of chit chat and it's okay. Let some stuff sit for a little bit. You can always keep it warm in the oven. That way you're not as stressed. And you know, really what the day is all about is not being stressed over cooking food. It's about being together with your friends and your family and, and being thankful. Even, even in a year like this, where there's still many, many things to be thankful for. And you sit down, and you have, and and you enjoy a meal, and you talk, and and just enjoy being with one another. So you know, don't 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 let the stress of cooking ruin the day for you. Let it be about the fact that you are doing the best you can for your friends and your family to sit down and enjoy a meal together, and to talk, and to reminisce, and and to really be thankful for. The things that we have there's always things to be thankful for even when we think that you know there isn't especially in a year like this when there's so many challenges there are always things to be thankful for so try to focus in on those focus in on the meal and enjoy the time with your friends and family so thanks for listening i hope you enjoyed this podcast you know you can always find me on facebook or instagram send me any messages uh, if you need help with anything um, i'm here to help all right enjoy your thanksgiving and uh, hopefully i'll be doing another podcast soon